Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Jennifer D'Amato. Jennifer is a coffee-loving life coach. Her work helps women overcome negative self-talk and become intuitive eaters who own their self-worth and beauty. You can start on this journey now by downloading her free ebook, How to Confront the Bully When the Bully is You, Overcoming Negative Self-Talk at healthcoachforlife.com. She also hosts the weekly podcast, Health, Life, and More for Women, where she blends real talk, humor, and authenticity to empower women in all areas of life. Jennifer is also a wife, mom to four daughters, and is living her best life in sunny Arizona. Do you have that nasty critical voice in your head that's telling you what you're thinking or what you're doing or how you're living is wrong or bad? Yep. Negative self-talk can be so destructive. And my next guest, Jennifer D'Amato, is going to share with us just how to quiet down that voice so we can learn to slowly listen to the voice of our wise inner guide instead. Here's Jennifer. Okay, everybody, you're in for a treat today. I know I say that all the time, but it's really, really true. You're going to be meeting with Jennifer D'Amato. She's going to be talking about negative self-talk and all that it leads to. And it's so common that we do that. But And that's why I brought the expert in to show us a way out of it. So welcome, Jennifer. Oh, thank you so much. I am honored, honored to be here today. Oh, I'm so glad. Tell us a little bit about the work you do, the people you serve, and and let's just take it from there. Awesome. Yeah. So I am actually dual certified as a life coach and a health coach. I like to combine both things. I actually believe they have to go together. We have to work on our thoughts, our mindset, along with how it's connected to our health and the choices that we're making. Um, I work with women who want to overcome and eliminate negative self-talk. They are just standing up ready to own their self-worth. They want to feel beautiful and amazing and energetic. They also are women who are ready to increase their intuition. So increase their intuition around choices that they're making, especially when it comes to food and breaking down old beliefs, things that don't serve them anymore, blocking out that noise of diet culture and mixed messages. Most of them have been chronic dieters. Most of them have those thoughts that swirl around in their head that they're not enough, that they have no self-control, that they can't seem to stick with anything. And what I give them through my coaching is this opportunity to actually break completely free from any of those thoughts. Wonderful. So, you know, you mentioned a few things that I want to dive into, but what I found is that someone who is so aligned, so on target, so uh, passionate about what they do, it's because of an experience or lessons they've learned and then they learned it and then they can't help but want to share that with others. So is there a story there? You know it. You hit the nail on the head for sure. I know you could tell that. And my passion originates definitely from my own story. Um, Part of it comes from just my, my, it wasn't a loathing, but it certainly was a feeling of hatred for my body, like never an appreciation you know, couldn't lose weight. I actually had a friend who introduced me to health coaching. I I didn't even know what it was. And I had tried diet after diet, after diet, after diet. And, you know, every book, everything out there, nothing worked. I felt I was the problem. He had had these great changes. So I said, I'll hire the same coach he did. It opened up my entire world. 
Well, at the same time, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend. I'd walked her through a divorce. And she says to me on the phone, Debbie, she was like, you should become a life coach. I laughed and was like, that's not a real thing. I had no idea. Well, what I also didn't know was that the thoughts I was having were causing a lot of my health problems. The -hmm. things I thought about myself, if I can just be really transparent. I mean, one of the thoughts that haunted me for years was I was called thunder thighs. Mm. And it was meant to be like this affectionate term. I've always had, you know, bigger thighs and, but you know, thunder thighs doesn't exactly invoke a feeling of love and appreciation for one's body. And I literally carried that around with me into adulthood, you know, just feeling like this body isn't perfect. This body isn't what it should be. You know, when any image or anyone who looked different than me, I thought, God, I can't attain that. And I can never lose these thighs. It actually wasn't until I started meeting with a coach myself and working through those thoughts. Like I'm getting, I'm feeling the emotion of it even now because I didn't realize that I was actually doing this whole self-sabotage. I was hurting myself by what I believed about my body. And in turn, what I believed about food, you know, where I started thinking I shouldn't be eating. Like if I didn't eat, I would lose weight. I would feel better. Mm -hmm. All of those things really led me to pursue this particular area, which is to work on those thoughts. Because if I still believed I had thunder thighs, right? Like if I still believed that it didn't matter what I'm eating, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm still in this negative mindset that there's something wrong with my body. You know, isn't that amazing? It's like somebody says something and whatever was behind it, well-meaning, well-intentioned, not Mm well-meaning, not well-intentioned, and they say it, and then we take it over and we make that a belief. And that's who, you know, that's who we are. These are the beliefs that we, we just constantly tell ourselves to, I mean, and it's causing so much pain, but you said it caused physical issues too. Let's, let's dive into that a, a little bit. What happened? Yeah. So, I mean, the physical issues that were, I mean, I would start turning to food, which became a physical issue of just overeating. I actually threw my thyroid like completely out of whack between this, with this yo-yo dieting, my entire body was having a response to, you know, trying to lose weight, depriving myself and then overeating. Mm -hmm. So my cholesterol would jump from one end to the other, depending on which diet I was trying as well. You know, we don't think about what's happening in the physiological part of us, right? Because we don't see it necessarily. You know, Mm -hmm. we see the outside part, but we don't know what's going on. So then again, that physical part was coming from that thought of can't eat that, can't have that. And then my body going, you're going to eat all of that and have everything. And finally meeting, I actually met with a doctor who started diving deeper into what was going on, having no idea, you know, in my thirties, why I couldn't sleep, why I was so stressed out and my thoughts were just completely out of control and my thyroid had gone crazy. And again, I was using food to cope with what was going on. And, you know, isn't it amazing where there's that deprivation, there's binge. And, and I remember, you know, I've been coaching for 28 years. So I remember when I was early in the weight loss days, how I was working with people explaining it like this, where, you know, if you imagine the deprivation, it's like a rubber band. And the more you restrict, right, the more you pull on that rubber band, the, mm-hmm. the more aggressively it's going to yep. bounce back. And that's that diet and binge. And, and what I feel like is that deprivation 
I used to put an entirely different spin on it. And instead of looking at it as deprivation of, oh, I can't eat that cookie, let's say, or I can't have that donut, I can't drink that glass of wine, whatever it is for you, instead looking at it saying, by doing that, the only deprivation that's happening is I'm really depriving myself of feeling good in my own body, feeling like I have control over my own choices, mm, feeling mm -hmm. like I can wear what I choose to instead of what fits. And when I reframed what deprivation meant to me, being spontaneous, you know, it, it really changed things. I'll never forget, mm. I was working with a woman, I mean, this is a million years ago, and she was telling me how she was going to the, she was going to the beach and you know that routine and every woman listening to this is gonna, is gonna sorry guys, this is probably something you don't do, but, but the women will relate. It's the summer and she's going to the beach and she has her you know, bathing suit, her sarong, whatever, and she plants herself. Now you know, once you plant yourself, you're not moving, right? So only when she plants herself, she removes mm -hmm. the sarong. Okay, well she had an umbrella in the ground but the um, umbrella wasn't in deep enough. A big gust of wind comes. The umbrella starts rolling along the beach. Now, her first instinct was, oh my gosh, I better grab that umbrella. It's gonna hurt somebody. But because she didn't wanna run after it where things would be moving and jiggling and everything else, she didn't. And do you know mm -hmm. that pause mm -hmm. it, and where she stopped, that umbrella hurt a little boy. And for her, that was the turning point where she said, I look, look at what my body's preventing me from. So I'm sure this is the kind of thing you see all the time, you know, within, within your practice. Tell us some examples of how you've seen negative self-talk, whether your own or some people that you've worked with, what type of self-talk, where did it come from and how did it show up in them? Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is where it seems to start with every client that I've met with is they believe the voice they hear is their own. So we actually have to first break that down, that they believe that inner critic that the one, the sentences, right, the one who's saying those things in their head actually is them. Most often, it's not. Most often, it's come from some rules that were told to them as kids, something their parents said. I actually have a lot of clients who are much older, you know, they much older than me. They're in their late fifties, sixties, who can still hear their mother's voice mm -hmm. in their head. Don't eat that. You're eating too much. You're eating too fast. Should you be having that? They're hearing those voices. I'm not enough. You know, you're getting to uh, a little too heavy around the midsection. Clients, like I said, older clients, I've actually had male clients same exact thing. Some of the messages are different, but what's happened over time is they hear those messages. And I would say a lot of them are actually spoken to them. Some of them come, you know, from visual stimulation, right? They see commercials. And right now, you know, we live in the social media age. They're being bombarded, especially my younger clients, bombarded with images of what they think they should look like and what they're hearing from their friends. Try this, do this, you know, you need to try this diet on, you don't have enough self-control, whatever that is, they're hearing all these messages. They actually start to believe over time, it's their voice. It's their voice saying these thoughts. So we first break that down. Um, it's as simple sometimes as I've had clients who grew up and you might have been part of this club. A lot of us were with the Clear Your Plate Club. Mm -hmm. It's pretty common. And actually, we think of it, and again, this, I don't think, you know, my parents or anyone's parents had, you know, this malice or anything, you know, there was no harm intended in saying, you need to clear your plate before you can get up from the table, except 
The harm comes when we're no longer honoring our body. We're no longer doing things that serve us. We're no longer feeling like we are the ones in control. I have to clear my plate. One client in particular that comes to mind, you know, while we were working together, he had really had some major breakthroughs and he decided on his own to test. Like, you know, he was feeling so satisfied. He's like, I can't believe I'm leaving food on my plate. Like it just shocked him. Well, he's, he, we met one week and he said, I decided to test it, Jen. Okay. He's like, I feel like garbage. He had broken down this, what we, he called it a lie that he had to clear his plate. And when he decided to test it and he decided to clear the plate, he's like, I cannot believe I've been living my life for so long this way. And again, this is so, what seems so small to clear your plate club in our negative self-talk, but it had an impact on him throughout his entire adult life and actually led to other things. It was affecting his sleep. It was affecting his snacking at night. And just, again, how he felt about himself. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, you, I've had also message. Go ahead. I was gonna say we get so desensitized too because we just get so used to mm. let's say eating that way. We don't even we're not even tasting the food half the time, and if we're trying to dull oh. that voice, I mean, then we just really start binging just to you know we're stuffing ourselves to stuff some pain and meet some unmet need. You know, I found the way out through emotional yes. eating is feed the, that unmet need. I mean, that's the beginning of the end of that because that's all oh. that's going on. Food is, we're looking to soothe, calm, yes. numb, relax from our problems or our pain and food is our drug of choice. So, so the, the negative oh, self- this is so good. <laughs> so the, uh, the negative <laughs> self-talk that we say around what we look like, what we're, you know, how we view ourselves, how we perceive ourselves once you, I love that you said, you know, whose voice is it? So once you determine whose voice is it, what do you do after that? Yeah, that's so great. So sometimes the biggest aha comes from, you know, figuring out it's not their voice, but then what happens is we need to empower people. I I empower my clients that they actually get to change the thought. I actually, I don't think people think about that very, I don't think people necessarily spend a lot of time with their thoughts. So this is new for them. So often I have them do sort of a brain dump, all the thoughts. And, you know, they come up with so many different things, whether it's about food, their body, they're not enough, just internal things. And when they can kind of start seeing that in front of them, I have them go through this exercise where the ones that pop out, I put it like this, you know, if you remember kid shows and you're, you know, they're trying to teach kids sight words. So the word kind of pops out on the screen. That's what happens when they relook at this list they've made is something highlights. So they take two or three sentences that seem to really get them. There's an emotional response. They feel something deeper when they reread that negative thought. And then I empower them. They get to choose what that thought is, Debbie. Like they get to actually decide what do they want to believe instead. Mm -hmm. So they rewrite the thought. Sometimes that takes some coaching just because they have really believed this thought to be true for 10, 20, 30 years, right? So it takes some work, some coaching for them to be empowered enough to say, what do you want to believe? Mm -hmm. And it seems so far-fetched, right? Um, Most of my clients, if they started a place of, I hate my body, most of them are not going to, I love my body. That's not feasible. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just need to be okay just starting with, I have a body or I appreciate the body I have or gratitude that I have a body. Mm-hmm. And that's where they have to start. So that thought, that thought, that new thought that they're empowered to make on their own is something they're actually going to put into practice. 
So you're familiar with affirmations and what we focus on, we focus on and our brain making those new connections. They're going to repeat that sentence. They're going to repeat that thought. I usually anchor it with an activity, something that they're doing to keep putting that thought on and practicing that. And then we come back to it and we reflect on what's happening because oftentimes, because we've thought this other way, right? Sometimes the complete opposite or just something that wasn't serving us for so long emotions arise, right? Mm -hmm. Those other thoughts about thinking this new thought come up for them. And so we dive a little bit deeper and sometimes they want to adjust the thought. Sometimes they want to go a little bit stronger with it. Like I need to combat this thought. Mm -hmm. And we call out that other thought as a lie. And then when they acknowledge that it's, it's not tr a true thought, it helps them really just, I'm going to focus on what I want to believe. It doesn't mean magically, of course, you know, they show up the next week or that, you know, in two weeks and three, three weeks. And all of a sudden I believe it, you know, I'm so grateful for my body. It's, it takes time, right. especially when they believe something to be true. That wasn't for so long. It takes time. There's yeah, some that are easy, you know, easier to get to, but most of these ones about our body or how our body relates with food, it it just takes patience and time. Right. Because we've been saying it for so long. You know, you mentioned affirmations and, and in my community, I teach something called bridges because I feel like affirmations have the best of intentions. But if we're saying something that we feel is so not true, even though we want it, the mind just kicks it out. So what, what I have uh, my community do instead is something called a bridge, where a bridge is a believable thought. So let's take the weight loss mm -hmm. idea. Let's take someone, a woman who's uh, 250 pounds, and she says, I'm a lean, mean 125, right? Her mind's like, no, you're not, and won't believe it. But let's just say she's eating healthier every day. Well, it's a very believable statement to say, mm -hmm. I'm eating healthier every day. And if she refuses to indulge in that, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, and every time that comes up for her, she'll only catch a fraction of the time she's saying it. But if even if she only, if she catches a fraction of them and insists on using the new bridge of I'm eating healthier every day, I'm eating healthier every day, at some point she's actually laying down new tracks in her brain, yes, which will become yes. the new way to think. And it'll slowly move her towards um, getting rid of just that, that negativity, which is just, it's so powerful in how it takes us down. So I love that you said, uh, first you're, you're deciding who, whose is it, whose voice is it? You're empowering yourself with the, just what you're saying. So then you can decide, do I like this? Do I not? Is it working? Is it not? And calling out a negative thought, uh, and, and statement as a lie. And then what do you do after that? Yeah, so they have specific actions that they end up taking with their new thought. I have clients who love writing on the mirrors, their mm. new thought. They need to see it. And again, I love your bridge because that's sometimes what they're using. I have a body. That's not mm. a, that's a fact, right? Sometimes we go right to fact. Mm -hmm. I have a body. Um, or whatever is the thought they're practicing. Some use sticky notes. Like I had, I had one client, she literally plastered her house. I'm not joking. She had, she sent me a picture. They were everywhere, but for her, she needed that. She needed that level of reminder. They'll utilize their phones. They set alarms. They're practicing these. One thing I love doing is having something physical happen when we practice it. I've had a lot of clients where they actually practice the new thoughts because I say, you know, we're trying them on. So they try them on. They're putting them on when they put their clothes on in the morning. 
They're actually physically saying this with this action of, I'm going to put this on. I'm going to wear this thought today. I had one client for her, it was her watch. Every time that watch went on every morning, she repeated her new thoughts and it actually gave her an anchor. That's what I call them. You know, that point for her to be able to say, every time she looked at that watch, it reminded her, this is what I believe now. And she would say them again and she would say them again. I've had clients, um, a lot of female clients, of course, they put rubber bands mm-hmm. or hair ties, you know, on their mm-hmm. wrists. And they put those on each morning and for each new thought. And again, we focus on the top two to three. They're putting those on their wrist each day. And every time they say them, they'll move them to the other side and giving them that anchor, that visual of what happens. Like I'm changing the way I think. So then they're practicing. And then each time we meet, we kind of revisit what's come up for them over the course of the week as they're practicing these. Because like I said, those, they're emotionally triggered, usually, almost always, right? There's, a, there's an emotion to that. And they experience, especially in those first couple of weeks, they're experiencing something when they put on this new thought. Because I really actually, it's their brain, they're being like, they're trying to fight it because it's not true yet for them. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes the fact is hard for them to come to. So we address it again. And they, again, it's, it's my client's empowerment that's most important to me and that they are choosing the path that they're taking. Some of them want to just know, I want to keep showing up for that thought because I want it to be true. And they almost get that taste, right? Like what if it were, Mm -hmm. what if it was actually true? And I woke up every day and believed this, they kind of get a little excited. Most of them stick with those thoughts. And usually somewhere in our time together, they want to either up-level them or they want to start focusing on a new thought because the other one feels like, I say this all the time, I'm practicing this, let's go back to that list. Let's take something else that I feel like, you know, been weighing me down and we might address that one. And they've kind of walked through this process with me enough that they'll be like, I want it to say this. Like, I don't want to believe this negative thought anymore. I want to carry that. This is what I want instead. Sometimes it's literally about a food group you know, that they believe they, they can't, there's been this rule, right. That has to be broken for them. Um, and they want to practice that one instead. Yeah. You know what I love about this two things. It's so practical. Uh, Mm. and, and it's just, I love the idea of here's just a practical way to change these thoughts. And, And the interesting thing is also the second thing, your mind believes whatever you tell it. And we gravitate towards that negative and we hang on to it, right? So Mm. we could tell ourselves, we could hear a hundred wonderful things, but that one negative, that's what we hang on. And as long as your mind believes everything you tell it, why not tell your mind something positive that moves you forward, moves you in a better direction? So are there people who, well, I guess you wouldn't be seeing them if that wasn't the case, but who are just kind of immune to negative self-talk, like it just doesn't happen. They just think they're all that and then a you know, slice of bread. <laughs> oh my gosh, if they are out there, you and I probably haven't met them yet. Mm. And if they say they're out there, my guess is they're not being really truthful. My belief about negative self-talk is that we don't ever actually completely wipe it away, right? Those thoughts find a way in. And maybe it's because you've gotten to a certain point and you decide to level up, you decide to stretch yourself, push yourself, right? something may trigger something you believe is a flaw or a weakness, right? It kind of, kind of, oh, wait a minute. I, I mean, I've experienced that myself, you know, with, in my own business, right? If I decide to stretch myself, that inner critic wants to come whisper in my ear, like, no one's going to believe you. Why are you, you know, creating this new thing? However, if you have the tools, 
If you wear that invisible tool belt, that's what I tell my clients we're building, that invisible tool belt, and you can pull out that tool and call out that inner critic, call out that negative self-talk and go through the process, then you actually have a way to say, okay, I, I see that thought. I hear who it is. I call it out for the lie. You know, it's not serving me. This is what I'm going to believe inside. And you go through that process. It starts to become habit. It starts to become just how you show up when those thoughts, you know, I find a lot of women, they're, they're doing okay. And then what do they do? They scroll through, you know, social media, they're on Instagram and they see this, or they see a friend having this success. And all of a sudden something gets triggered. Mm -hmm. What they can do is pull out this exercise. I wish we were immune. I mean, if we were immune, I, I mean, I, I would have it. I, I feel like I would be like, I'm finding the way. I am never going to have to combat this ever again. And I'll share it with all of you. Right. The and truth it's, is, it's, it's the tool that yeah. you need. And, and, the, and that's what's so helpful if you do have the tools. You know, I know this is, this is, and I found this to be one of the gifts in trauma too. Like, uh, personally, I mean, I would do my best to not beat myself up if I did something that, you know, just a, like something really dumb. And then, and it's interesting because after my betrayal, because that's what happens, we create an entirely new identity. One of the mm. things I decided is that I just don't want to speak negatively to myself. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to do any dumb things anymore, but what I've, what I decided to do, and I shared this with my entire family, is when I do something dumb, I'm adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adorable. I'm just simply adorable. And I do, and I do, and I'll do something. And then, and it's so funny. I mean, I have four kids and they're like, oh mom, that was really adorable. You know, and it's funny. <laughs> it, of course we know what it means, but there's something, there's something so nice about giving ourselves that break. We're so hard on ourselves. And I always say this, if we spoke to other people like we spoke mm. to ourselves, we wouldn't have a friend in the world. So why not be that friend to ourselves, whether yeah. that means just lightening up in, in the self-talk and the, and the negative self-talk and the criticism, or maybe if that serves, do what I do, just calling yourself adorable, whatever, adorable. whatever it is for you. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Mm. That's such a great question. I come back to you're worthy. Like, you are worthy of this work. You're worthy of waking up every day feeling amazing about yourself, about the things that you do, about the things you choose not to do. You are absolutely worthy of having new thoughts. I don't think we think about that, you know, our, our worth. Like you are worthy every day of saying, I'm freaking amazing and sometimes adorable. <laughs> Why not? show up as the best version of yourself. Why not just say, you know what? This doesn't serve me. And I am worthy of showing up feeling like I'm the rock star that I know I, I, I meant to be. And no one, old thoughts, even my, my old thoughts that don't serve me, they don't have any place here any longer. Beautiful. I think that just really sums it up. And Jennifer, where do we go to learn, learn more about you? Yeah. Um, the best place to get all the goodies is my website, which is healthcoach4life.com. And I actually have a number four in that because I have four kids. Actually, I have four daughters. So uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, they get honored in that. They'd probably call me adorable just for saying that, to be honest. <laughs> and that means dork in our house. But yep. you go to my website and actually everything you need is, is there. I actually have an ebook on there that they can walk through this process 
of the negative self-talk. It's completely free. They can grab that and kind of part of the process we walk through today is in that ebook along with another um, step for the inner critic and just calling it out and going through. I, there's a piece in there they love about throwing the inner critic out the you know car window. It's one mm -hmm. of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also on all social media, um, on Instagram and on Facebook. So they can connect with me any of those places. Terrific. Jennifer, I want to thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for, you, for the attention that you brought to this topic. I know you helped so many people with what you shared today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the work that you're doing. So much of that negative self-talk is based on what people have said to us and then what we continue to say to ourselves. Personally, I prefer to say that all of those less than stellar things I do by mistake are adorable. <laughs> Stay in touch with Jennifer by going to healthcoachforlife.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. In identifying and then changing those negative beliefs, here are three steps. Number one, whose voice is it? Figure that out first. Number two, Empower yourself to change those thoughts so when you catch them, call them out as a lie. Number three, take action with the new thought. Put it on a sticky note, set a reminder, do something practical so through repetition and consistency, that thought is changed to something that serves you so much better. Of course, all that negativity takes a toll, so take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see what may be lingering for you so you know what needs your attention. And you can find that at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best community support, certified coaches and practitioners that you could schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming and supportive place to become your best all online. Nothing like this exists and I'm so excited to share it with you and welcome you. Go to the pbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time and here's to your breakthrough.